This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You're listening to the Happy as a Mother podcast. Today, we are welcoming back Brianna Kappa of South Bay Mommy and Me. Brianna has been here before. She was on episode 16, Fostering Independent Play, and she was also on episode 10, The Secret of Mindful Mothering. For those of you who may not be familiar with Brianna, she is a licensed marriage and family therapist that practices out of the South Bay of Los Angeles, California, and she specialized in working with early childhood mental health, so infant mental health, and moms, moms' maternal mental health. So she brings such a valuable and insightful perspective to supporting mamas and babies and developing a healthy relationship between the two of them. Today, we welcome Brianna back to talk about this really unique parenting and just life situation that we've all been handed, and that is COVID and coping with COVID, parenting through COVID, regulating and, you know, taking care of ourselves through COVID. So there are so many layers to this. But today, Brianna and I talk about how to set realistic expectations for ourselves as mothers during this time. We discuss ways to manage our own anxiety and ground ourself, our body, and our thoughts during this time. And we also talk about ways to practice gratitude and find and hold on to hope when the news and our news feeds and all the things we're taking in has so much fear and so much anxiety. This is a really powerful episode that you don't want to miss. And before jumping in, we're going to get to the review of the week. This review comes from Kiki Maine, and it's titled, What I Turn to on Hard Days. I've been listening to Erica since September after the birth of baby number two. Every single episode is so relatable to the ways I am feeling or the changes I have been facing. On the hardest days with my littles, when my husband says, just go and do something for you, I will get in my car, sit with a tea, drive to a quiet place in town, and listen to whatever episode I feel I need that day. Thank you so much, Erica, and all of your guests for helping me through some of the hardest days and hardest times. You're all rock stars at what you do. Guys, these reviews just give me all the goosies and all the feels because I know I've said it many times. I'm just here in my office preparing this recording for you guys. And I don't always know the way that it lands with you and how it impacts you. But I've heard some reviews this week that have just really uh, nearly brought me to tears. And I've been so moved by the impact these conversations are having. And you are the reason I show up and the reason I will continue to do this knowing that it can help any one of you that are out there. So thank you for this review. And I encourage you to leave me this feedback so that I know, you know, how this is impacting you. So without further ado, let's hear the conversation that I had with Brianna. Welcome to the Happy as a Mother podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you cope with the load of motherhood. I'm your host and registered psychotherapist, Erica Jossa. Let's work together in letting go of shame and guilt, accepting where we are in our journey, and moving towards becoming the women we want to be. 
we will hear from experts, learn practical tips, and listen in on honest conversations. Please note that the information shared in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the advice of your healthcare provider. Okay, let's dive in. Brianna, thank you so much for joining us again on the podcast today. And we've had you here many times. I have to say your independent play episode is the most popular downloaded episode on the podcast. So people love having you here. Thank you for coming back to join us. Of course. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be able to chat about this really uh, important topic today. So I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we may as well kind of get right into it. And I feel like this is interesting times that we're in. We're here to talk about how we're going to support moms and families through this COVID situation that is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I was even supposed to release a podcast last Wednesday and I kind of halted it because the topic just didn't feel appropriate given mm-hmm. the crisis and the exi- anxiety that people are feeling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So today we are here to help moms and just kind of meet you and I meeting of the mind to help support moms and families in whatever way that yep. we can. Yep. And I know that one of the things that you and I have been talking about kind of sidebar off the air is um, it, a cre- a, like an interesting shift happened mm-hmm. when schools shut down Yeah, and we saw this theme on, and I've shared some of the schedules as well. And some of them I think are a little bit more flexible than mm-hmm. others, but everyone went into, oh my goodness, I'm going to homeschool my kids. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. all of these memes and all of these posts and all of these expectations mm-hmm. started flowing on social media about how we're to spend this, you, you know, isolated remote time. So can mm-hmm. we hash out these expectations a little bit? Absolutely. I think that there's this expectation that in addition to the role of mother, wife, housekeeper, chef, um, nurse, and everything in between that a mother plays on a regular basis, she now has to um, put on the hat of teacher and educator um, of academic subjects for her child. And Um, I don't know. I don't see this period of our lives as one where we need to continue onward doing everything the exact same way that we've done just under the, you know, in the comfort of our own homes. No way. I do not see this time as that. Um, I think it's a very unrealistic expectation um, for parents to, who are also at home working to Mm -hmm. have to set their children up with a computer and have their children zoom in with their preschool teacher or with their kindergarten teacher or their first or second grade teacher or whatever. Um, and engage in learning um, activities just to keep them busy um, or whatever the meaning behind it is, is, is so they don't fall behind academically. Um, you know, I really feel like that just adds so much extra pressure onto a parent who is, who is so overwhelmed, really, mm-hmm. by, by the, the, the brevity of the change. Um, I know for me, it felt like 
last Thursday, everything was kind of, you know, okay, we're doing extra, you know, extra, we're making an extra effort to keep things clean. And then suddenly the, that, that, that night, all the schools in, um, where I live closed down and, that Friday, um, everything changed drastically. There, you know, there was no more food left in the, the grocery stores. It was very hard to get food, and people were really stressed out. I remember being in the grocery store and seeing young children's faces, watching the adults, and I thought, oh my gosh, I feel awful for these kids because they are looking at parents who are panicking. Mm -hmm. And these kiddos, their faces look full of terror and full of fear. And so I think, wow, what if the message was instead of you need to keep doing everything like you normally do, and instead the message is this is a really tough time. Maybe your expectations should be that we slow down and that we do less right now and we take this as an opportunity to maybe go inward and reflect reflect a little bit and have more spontaneity. And, you know, I've said, I don't know if I've said before on this podcast, but I know I've said on other ones that the um, antithesis to anxiety is spontaneity and creativity. So mm. uh, the more anxious we are, the less spontaneous and creative we are. The more room for spontaneity and freedom and flexibility and creativity, the less anxiety we will feel. And, and I really feel like that is um, a, a necessity for um, us parents right now who have so much on our plate. We cannot continue onward as if, you know, like, like with this, the status quo, we can't continue onward like this is status quo. We really do need to make some, some um, important changes. And I think that means with school, okay, you know, if my kiddo wants to do their phonics worksheet, fantastic. Do your phonics worksheet. If they want to practice adding and subtracting, fantastic. I love it. Um, but I don't think we need to be so um, rigid about um, schedules and getting things done. Um, I don't know. I think this is really a time of unlearning, not so much of learning. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Like I I was driving this morning and I was just like in my car and I'm looking around and it's like the whole earth is still right now. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's this, there's never been a time mm -mm. like a friend of mine screenshotted the traffic report for Toronto, which is much like LA mm -hmm. usually. Uh, and they're like, Oh, rush hour traffic is cruising today. They're, like they're, there's nobody on the streets. Mm -hmm. And um, as sobering and anxiety provoking as that could be, um, it is also an invitation within our homes to, to, to stop and kind of breathe. Although, as I've been talking to many moms this week, it hasn't felt like that. Mm -mm. Um, our work has moved into our homes. Mm -hmm. Our children are also in our homes. Mm -hmm. And now um, we, on the drop of a dime, are having to reestablish, you know, norms within our house in terms of what we share with our spouses or mm -hmm. um, like all routines and all things, right? Mm -hmm. So I've heard that a lot from moms this week. It's like I'm trying to work from home and I have my child home full time and things mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah, I think that having realistic expectations about what you can and cannot do and how to ask for help and how to divide with your partner are going to be so essential because 
If you're expecting that you're going to be homeschooling your child for their entire regular school hours, but you're also supposed to be working during those hours and your husband's trying to work, like that is just (laughs) entirely, you know, unrealistic. How do you do that? I don't even understand how one could possibly do that without going insane. I really don't. How on earth is anybody supposed to do that? Uh, And I'm sure there's folks out there who do do it and fantastic, like way to go. That's awesome. But I feel like for just the average, um, the average, the average parent, like no way it's, it's too much pressure and um, you're going to, you're going to explode if you have to um, operate at, to, to that level, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I really think it's also important that um, both parents in the home, that both of their schedules and things are shifting dramatically. I know that we were kind of talking off air and you were sharing how, um, and some of the folks um, over where you live, maybe one partner's um, work continues onward as normal. And then the other partner is now having double duty as full-time mom and full-time employee all at home. And um, I think that's really problematic and um, not going to set ourselves up for success. Um, I know for what, for Matt and I, um, we both, um, well, he works for an employer and uh, his employer thankfully um, demanded uh, work for, work from home. So they have mandated work from home. Um, and he um, had said, you know, we need, I need a lot of flexibility right now because we don't have childcare and my wife and I need to um, balance, um, taking care of our son and both of our work duties. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed my work hours, uh, instead of working three days, you know, 10 hour days. Now I'm working uh, five days a week and I've made my hours, uh, shorter so that I can accommodate more families, be a little bit more flexible and be more available to take care of my kiddo. And so we're passing back and forth the responsibilities between these three important things, my work, his work and our child's work, and, and, raising our child. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important that parents really assess and talk about it. One person's job, um, you know, does not, does not outweigh all the other important jobs that need to happen. And we have to make a shift. Yeah, It just has to be done. It's not if it's a, it's a necessity, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because otherwise, um, y- like, you'll burn yourself out. Like it's just not doable. It's not doable to try and carry all of the burden on your own shoulders at home, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. And you're going to find yourself resenting more. Mm -hmm. And we know that resentment leads to rage. You're going to find yourself feeling more irritable, more testy. Um, You're going to find yourself um, taking it out on your child. I think that's just a realistic expectation that you know, we always, I always talk about, you and I are always talking about being a good enough mother and what does it mean to be good enough? Um, we should probably talk about what it means to be a good enough mother under the stress of COVID-19. Right. Um, I think the expectations go down um, even more. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to lower um, the expectations even more. Um, and the reason is, I mean, it's science-based. When we are stressed out, our attachment systems um, get activated. Mm-hmm. And now if we have an attachment system that's oriented to seeking comfort and closeness with others in a healthy and contained way, fabulous. Um, but there's going to be about one third of the, of the human population who um, does not 
does not respond to stress in that way. They respond to stress by either becoming extremely overwhelmed and flooded and anxious, or they respond to stress by becoming um, more avoidant and pushing people away and pretending like they don't need anybody to get through this and believing that they are they have to do this all on their own. Um, and then, of course, you've got that small percentage of the population that has a more disorganized attachment. Um, you know, especially if you have a history of trauma, you know, you're, there, there's so much here that, that can be, that can be triggered. And so I think, um, keeping the expectations low and recognizing that when I'm stressed, I'm going to act out my ways of feeling of being in relationship. Like that's going to be acted out right now. And what can I do for myself to help get a little bit more grounded, to get a little bit more regulated so I can show up and be the type of parent that I desire to be um, within reasonable limits, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because it's almost as if I saw the opposite happen in, in a reaction to the school shutdown. It's like we increased all the expectation of ourselves, you know, online know. and through all of these things that I'm seeing being shared rather than having grace and compassion with ourselves to know we are going through a time that, you know, and we've never navigated before. So much change, so much transition, so many things we're all trying to juggle all at one time in the same space. No. That is not the time to raise the bar or raise the expectation in terms of what you can accomplish as a mom. And it's not about being Pinterest worthy mothering, no. you know, it, it's no. never about that, but especially right now, it's not about mm. that. It's really about no. keeping a calm and cool head in the environment of your home, being trying to carve yeah. out calm and peace that your child yeah. and you can look back on this time and pull, you know, relational connected memories out of it rather than mm -hmm. fear and, and dread and terror. And yeah, um, and, and surviving and getting through it, right? Right. We want to help our children feel safe, feel loved, feel protected, feel hopeful in this time. Yeah. But that's what we want. And I think I would even argue that that's what we want for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We all want to feel that way. And um, putting all these, these – it's mind-boggling to me. All the you know schedules and expectations that came out, it was instantly. Yeah, and I was like, who is capitalizing on this right it now? It was the like, knee jerk reaction, completely. What? Right? I know. I was so confused. I was like, what? I was like, I wish I could put up my schedule. My schedule is, hmm. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> that that's my schedule. Like the only thing that I feel like is really scheduled in our house are feeding and naps, and then everything else is a free for all. Yeah. And we try to have like things, you know, try to go out side and go for walks and play in the backyard or back patio that we have and, you know, do some family exercise. But for the most part, like my energy has been, we need to stay chill because mama, mama's got some anxiety about this. Right. And I don't want to be sending the message to my child that when things get tough, you need to get, you know, you need to get really anxious and you need to act like you have a whole lot of control of the situation. And, you know, grasp for straws and what you can control. No, like sometimes the greater lesson is I don't have control of what's happening around me. Yeah. So I'm going to learn how to be uncomfortable yeah. in all of this crap. 
I'm going to be uncomfortable in this mess. You know, I'm going to learn how to do that. You're hitting it right on the head. Like really, if we think about that knee jerk reaction was there was this immediate sense of loss of control, right? We don't know what we're going to do. Kids are out of school. We have to work. There's so much uncertainty. We don't know what's rolling out day by day. Let's come up with a schedule. Let's come up with some predictability. Let's come up with something Mm -hmm. that we feel like gives us some certainty and control over the situation, you know? And and I understand the need that that's trying to fulfill, but that's just setting us up for more failure and more, um, you know, beating ourselves up and and things like that versus compassion with ourselves and versus trying to sit and tolerate that discomforting feeling and and navigate it with, with our kids. Well, I mean, I know when I was reading many of those um, suggestions, it, it, captions would say like, your child needs a schedule. And I wanted to reframe it. Some children need a schedule, but not all children need a schedule to stay contained and regulated. What a what a child really needs is a parent who is practicing getting regulated and staying staying as as grounded as he or she can during such an existentially anxious time of our existence. Mm -hmm. And this is probably going to be the most, you know, anxious time frame, globally speaking, of our of our existence. I, I, at least I imagine, and I, and I hope, I hope that mm-hmm. in this, our generation does not experience anything like this again. Yeah. Yeah. So given that parents have this need to control their own anxiety, right? Like we all do, we feel the anxiety. Um, let's talk about some grounding techniques. Let's talk about some mental grounding techniques and give parents a couple of skills to, to regulate that anxiety because, we all feel it. Yeah. You know, it's it's normal to feel it. This is a very stressful and uncertain time. Yeah. So yeah, let's walk through some grounding techniques and things. How do you teach parents to regulate some of their anxiety? Absolutely. Okay. So um first and foremost, we gotta get moving. We have to do some physical activity. That can be one of the best ways to get that, you know, monkey mind that loves to just swing from thought to thought to thought um, to slow down a little bit. So, um, you know, even if you can't get outdoors because of the weather or because you're on a full lockdown, um, I've been popping popping um, in some like DVDs or streaming things online Um there's a really low impact workout that I've been doing every day and I've been recommending to all my families because I think it's so great um, for all for families to do the, to do together. It's uh, Leslie Sansone's Walk at Home. Um, it's so great and easy. You know, you don't need to be coordinated. It's not hard. It gets your heart rate up. And it's basically like walking in place, but in your house and, you know, you do miles and she counts the miles and it's fabulous. Um, There's another so I've been really interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. My son introduced me to this. They have smart oh. screen boards integrated into their classroom. He's in JK and it's called Go Noodle. It's an app, but Ooh. you can also get it on YouTube and we put it on our main screen and it is uh, it is like a screen-based activity, but it is 
all about learning dance moves or they have like they teach mindfulness. You can like learn to melt your body and your muscles and they love it. Um, they learn dances. So he's teaching me the dances. One of the days I opted to like sit and have a coffee while he danced out all his energy. You know, oh another God, day so cool. I might join him in doing it. So um, another realistic expectation I want to address quickly while we're on this topic of screen time, uh-huh. putting something on the screen is that not all, yeah. not all screen time is created equal. And I've seen a lot of pediatricians and different people making recommendations about your children's screen usage during this time. And that's making a lot of, you know, um, moms anxious about how much they allow their child to have screen time. Like, yeah. I would not count. And like, this is no official recommendation, but like, let's give ourselves permission here. FaceTiming yeah. with grandparents and family members, I'm not classifying as screen time. That's relational. No, and it's not. Right now, right? And it's not, it's never classified as screen time. Yeah. So you're good. Yep. FaceTime all you want. Exactly. Stay connected. Exactly. Be connected. Stay mm-hmm. connected. Set up with grandparents. Do all of the social things. If you are- Extremely important to do it with grandparents because of their risk of depression by being isolated. So it's incredible for a par- for a grandparent's mental health to be FaceTiming and staying connected with them, whether it's you and or your children, really, really critical in this time. Yes. So give yourself all the permission to engage your kids in that type of screen time, like social time, right? Mm -hmm. Also, like things like Go Noodle and that are like movement oriented. And if they're on a screen and they're instructed by a screen, that is intentional use of screen time, right? Like that is movement, that is learning dances, that is whatever. And then some of the integrations that even um, there are lots of free apps and learning apps and different things being put out there right now in terms of education programming. Mm-hmm. So really like in terms of, of screen time, and, and you can help me out, you probably know these guidelines better than I do. But mm-hmm. when we're talking about screen time and we're red flagging it, we're really talking about just the plopped in front of the TV, you know, not going and engaging our senses and our mind and, and doing mm-hmm. other things, right? We're talking about yeah. that that sitting on the couch, just watching show after show after show type of screen time, which again, during this time, there is, there's going to be space for that. We're going to need some of that as well. Yeah. But yeah, giving moms permission to, to utilize screens in a way that helps. And that is not you being irresponsible or leaving, mm-hmm. you know, the TV to babysit your child or something along those lines. Correct. And then if you do need the TV to babysit your child so that you can do your work conference, then that is what you do. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like you don't even blink an eye for a second if that's what you need to do because these are, you know, um, really unprecedented times. And I think that means that we have to be willing to do things a little differently. Yeah. Now, here's what I think it's important for parents to know that over time, excess screen time, you know, so my focus is young children. Yes. Um, birth to five. So, um, you know, like a a two-year-old who's doing an hour of screen time a day or two hours of screen time a day, they also need um, to match physical activity. Mm -hmm. So that's the guidelines that I think parents, these are regardless of COVID-19, but I think parents can really hold on to that. If you notice that your child is getting a little bit more screen time, don't you dare for one second feel guilty about that. If you notice that your child who's having more screen time is also more irritable, having a 
a harder time falling asleep, is seeming um, fussier, crankier, oh, then that's a that's a good cue that mm, my kiddo needs to do more physical activity. Okay. Um, you know, get yourself like an indoor trampoline or one of those things that you um, offer on your, on your Instagram, that indoor fun gym thing that the kids climb all over. I mean, that's that's fantastic. Go ahead and get yourself something like that. Yeah. So that your kiddos have something to be physically using their bodies for and allow them to be able to do that. Not only will you likely see a reduction in screen time if you do that, if you don't see a reduction in screen time, you will still, uh, and you match the screen time with physical activity, you'll probably see a better mood, happier child, better sleep, et cetera. So I think parents can like really rest assured to know that, all right, you know, um, it's okay if I give my kid a little screen time right now. Um, yeah. It's kind of necessary at this point. And I'm also going to give my child um, lots of opportunities to be moving their body. And then bringing it back to like like the workout, like the Leslie Sansone walk at home thing, you know, I love it because it's something that kids can do, yeah. you know, and they enjoy it. It's fun and it's good for parents too. The the what did you what was the program that you named? Go for? Noodle is the one that Go my noodle. son's aware of. I've heard of a couple other moms flying around some different ones and they're all like free and they're accessible. This go noodle one, he wants to teach me some of the dances and it's going to be so funny. Like we're going to do it and we're both moving and it's fun and we're connecting and it's enjoyable and it's use of a screen, but it's in a very, you know, purposeful and fun type of way. So yeah, he was so excited when we got it at home and I can't wait. That's going to be a saving grace for us for sure. I love it. And then like you could also just put on music and dance. Totally. Like it doesn't even have to be um you know led by a screen. Put on some music. Yeah. Dance, move your move your body in any way that makes that makes most sense. You know, throw the kid in a stroller if you, if it's if the weather is permitting, mm-hmm. and go for go for a run outside. That's still practicing social distancing. Um, as long as we're not in lockdown, I think my understanding is that you can continue to do that. Yeah. So I think movement is really important. Another thing I think is extremely important for um, for parents right now is to get something every day that fills the their their creative and soulful. Uh, self. We've, we've, we, we, when we're in our normal everyday routine, you know, hitting traffic, going to work, driving the kids off daycare or school, working a nine hour day, traffic home, dinner, you know, could put the kids to bed, pop on a show, go to sleep and wake up the next morning. There is no time for replenishing the soul. And I really see this as a gift from God or whatever, whoever you believe in or whatever you believe in. I really see this time as a gift to replenish ourselves on a soulful level. So I'm thinking things like journaling, or if you play any instruments, playing playing some music, or if you like to sing, sing. Um, anything creative with your hands. So that could even be baking or cooking a really lovely meal without a recipe book, you know, just kind of from your own senses, cooking something. Um, you know, planting a garden, uh, finding some seeds or clipping some some succulents on, on your walk and growing them and, and planting a planting a little garden there. I mean, there's there's a wide range of activities. Some people like to paint or sculpt or, you know, do things like that. Mm-hmm. My gosh, draw, do it all. Do something creative for yourself 
every day. It's extremely grounding. And I really think it also helps to enliven our spirits in a time that feels so gloomy mm-hmm. and in a time that feels so down. Um, and it can really bring a lot of joy too to share what you've created um, with your children, to mm-hmm. share it with your partner. Yes, I'm a really, really big fan of doing something creative. One of the most relentless mental loads is being the juggler of medical appointments. Researching doctors, reading reviews, making phone calls to book appointments, it's a lot of stress when you're already juggling so much invisible labor. That's what makes ZocDoc great for moms. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of highly rated in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. ZocDoc has doctors of all specialties, including therapists, psychiatrists, and psychologists, with verified patient reviews so you can make sure they check all your boxes. You can find mental health providers who offer in-person appointments, virtual consults, or both, whatever works for you. The typical wait time to see a mental health provider booked on ZocDoc is just four days. Sometimes you can even book same-day appointments. Make juggling appointments easier with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash MomWell and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated therapist, psychiatrist, or psychologist today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash MomWell. ZocDoc.com slash MomWell. Mealtime with kids can be stressful, but with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals, it can be a lot easier. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. No worrying about ingredients and nutrition, no prep, no mess, and no cooking while wrangling toddlers. Choose from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunch, snacks, and beverages to help you stay fueled and feel good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and fuel up for your springtime goals. Factor can even be tailored to your schedule. Customize your weekly meals with the flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. Pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Take the stress out of meals with Factor. Head to factormeals.com slash momwell50 and use code MOMWELL50 to get 50% off your first box. Want to get smarter about your health but feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction? We hear a lot about gut health, microbiomes, and other nutrition topics, but taking the time to research these is exhausting, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. The Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast makes it so much easier to get the information you need. With the help of world-leading scientists, the podcast gives you research-based information so you can make informed choices for yourself without pressure and guilt. People are loving Zoe Science and Nutrition. Listener Stephanie's Apple Review says the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is a life-changing, science-based, myth-busting podcast. That's a must-listen for anyone who eats food and wants to understand how it affects their body. With the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast, you can join Stephanie and millions of others accessing quality information about their health. 
Find it wherever you listen to podcasts. I've noticed this week it's been a fine line between being informed so that I'm not being like neglectful of what's happening, but also following the news too closely, being like overexposed and preoccupied and anxious, right? Correct. So for me and what my self-care has looked like this week, like I love creating. That's always a big thing for me. I've been moving. We have an exercise bike, thank goodness. But even with the kids with Go Noodle and, you know, couch cushions, jumping off the couch on the cushions mm-hmm. and all the fun things that we would do when we were kids, you know, like that kind uh-huh, of stuff. Totally. Love uh-huh. it. The blanket swings I saw you guys doing. We're a big fan of blanket swings uh-huh. too. So doing all yeah. of those things. But then also I found like my thought life, I've had to be so much more accountable to my my thought life this week because yeah. um, am I really seeking to be informed or am I really anxiously consuming all of this information? So I've set some boundaries exactly. on, my, on my time and how many times I'm, I check the news a day. I'll check news in the morning and I'll check news in the evening after the kids go to bed. I won't do it right yep. before bed because I'll have a hard time yep. sleeping. So I don't want to yep. go to bed dreaming of that. And once I got the gist, I turn off the news or I, you know, put on something that I want to enjoy before I go to bed or something along those lines and really thoughtfully and mindfully take in information right now. Absolutely. Um, I'm doing exactly the same thing as you. And um, my husband and I set a limit at 8.30. We are done scrolling. So we we do not scroll Instagram or Facebook or anything. And uh, we can't scroll again until six o'clock the next morning. And it's been wonderful because, you know, yeah, we've been watching full-length movies instead of scrolling for an hour and then talking and then falling asleep in front of of a movie. We've been actually watching full-length movies and talking about about it and really enjoying it together and cuddling and snuggling, um, which just, I mean, this is a time for that. We need to be, we need to be doing that. Um, and, uh, I know for, I know, uh, for me, like a meditation, um, practice has been really helpful as well. So, um, you know, like I have a little, um, a special area set up in my house where I light a candle and, I, you know, ground myself. And what I mean by that is I feel my feet on the floor and I imagine my body, my feet, my heart being fully anchored to the center of the earth. And then I imagine the center of the earth's energy is just shooting back up through my feet, my legs, my hips, my stomach, surrounding my heart with so much love. And then it goes up through the top of my head and is a direct line to um, the universe. Um, For me, it's heaven and God, but you know, it's going to be whatever it is for for those who are listening. And I really find myself feeling fully grounded and fully connected to um, to this, to that, to the moment mm-hmm. and to, to, the, to the time and space. And then I imagine what is my ten- what is my intention for the day? How do I want to live this day? And I had to really check myself because I set some really grand intentions in the beginning, like, well, I'm going to live uh, moment to moment and I'm going to not stress and I'm not going to get wrapped up in the chaos. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and by the end of the day, when I looked at my intention, I had to be honest with myself, like, oh, girl, like you did not live that intention. Like you were living in the future. You were panicking. You were um, totally anxious with all of this. You could not regulate. Your heart rate was on, you know, overdrive all yeah, day. Yeah. So, I, so it's been a really great practice for me 
to set a realistic intention and then it's written down. And throughout the day, if I just need a reminder, I go back to where it's set up. It's just on my dresser. It's nothing fancy, my little setup. And then I take a look at it and I remind myself, okay, my intention today was to stay grounded. I need to do another grounding exercise because I'm feeling I'm feeling like my head is floating and yeah. I'm feeling stuck in my thoughts. And I need to get out of my thoughts. I need to get into my body mm-hmm. right now. It's so important um, to be doing body-based, um, somatic-based work right now. I think that's just... For me, it's it's critical. It's the it's what I do in my work in general with families and with mothers and with children. It's all body based, um, um, and yeah, that yeah. really helps me. Hmm. And then I I set a gratitude. What am I grateful for today? And lately, it's been my health. I've been grateful for my health. Yeah, and uh, I encourage everybody to um, name one thing that they're grateful for today, um, and that might shift us energetically that might shift your home energetically if we're thinking about what we're grateful for instead of you know that scarcity mindset of what don't I have and what am I going to lose mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. it does it totally makes sense and I've been finding this week as I'm talking with a lot of moms and you know everything's moved to teletherapy based and stuff like that <laughs> that when we start to get anxious like you said we're thinking in the future and we are mm-hmm. thinking about what happens tomorrow and then the impact that mm-hmm. that happens on the next day. And then before you know mm-hmm. it, we are down a spiral of, you know, what implications is this going to have two years from now or three years from now? And mm-hmm. that anxiety and that future-based kind of living in the future in that way is all-consuming and we need to ground ourselves. So when Brianna's talking about grounding yourselves and bringing yourself back to the moment, whether that's feeling present in your body and feeling, you know, your bum on your chair right now, wherever you are, Mm -hmm. or whether that is mental grounding techniques where you bring your mind back to focus on the food you're feeling in your hands as you're preparing dinner Mm -hmm. right now, um, or, or thinking about in detail how your child's face looks you know, or how, uh, like my little one and a half year old right now, he's got the most beautiful curls. And every Mm. time he's in the bath and it resets these curls, like I am just beyond spitting. And I can go to that like a happy place of his like, you know, cute little baby face and curls like at any time. And it just brings this like warmth over me, right? So mental grounding techniques can look like finding and carving out a safe and happy place. And there are guided meditations for this. My safe place guided meditations, you can find safe place or happy place. Happy place sounds a little cliche, but it's walking you through envisioning Mm. and picturing what that safe and happy space looks like for you. So if you're finding that you're really anxious throughout the day or really sort of future oriented to bring yourself back to that sense of safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. And I love the um, the five four three two one exercise. So, what are five things that I can see right now? What are four things that I can hear? What are three things that I can touch right now? What are two things that I can smell right now? And what's one thing I can taste? And if on a you know if if in an anxious moment or a what if moment or a monkey mind moment where you know like you're floating away from the present you're not you're you're distracted and disengaged. If you can bring your mind to those to five to those five things four three four three two one etc. 
um, it can really help you um, get yourself back to that present moment and um, really take in and appreciate all that is surrounding you right now. And I think that's so important in such uncertain times to be able to appreciate and notice, well, what is certain right now? This is what is certain right now. Yeah. And I think that's, um, it's really, it, it helps to safeguard our mental health um, and, and, you know, the potential impact that this whole experience could have on us globally on a mental health level is so, so significant to me. And I know others are talking about how significant they imagine it might be as well. Mm-hmm. And I think this really helps to prevent and provide some proactive supportive measures for us in these difficult moments. Yeah. Yeah. I had a really interesting moment earlier this week, and this is going to mm-hmm. relate and I will tie it in. Um, I was preparing dinner. I don't even remember exactly the situation. I, I had cooked dinner. I was preparing dinner and then my youngest is obsessed with eggs. No, my middle one is obsessed with boiled eggs right now. So then after he had ate, eaten his dinner, I was boiling eggs and then they were asking for yogurt and I was being asked multiple things for myself. And, and I was sort of of the mindset, you know, like I'm not, I'm pretty good right now. Like I'm not really stressing too much about this whole thing, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. And I'm, have all these expectations on myself during dinner time, and as you can imagine, juggling everybody's needs and stuff. And I have myself when I do all of my work is, is remote and and you know phone based and, and laptop based. And I put my phone down on our glass um, top of our stove. You know, very smart mm-hmm. place to put it, obviously. <laughs> and <laughs> while I'm trying to prepare eggs and pour yogurt drinks and like do all of these things, and before you know it, I turn around and I had turned on the wrong burner for the eggs. And I had oh, no. literally just like, like melted my phone, like nearly set it on oh, fire. Oh my God, you lit your yeah. phone on fire. I actually did. <laughs> I actually did. And um, th- this, this spoke to me about a couple of things. Number one, clearly I am very preoccupied in my mind and not present in what I'm doing, right? Like with uh-huh. everything going on. And totally. two, um, I had so many reactions in that moment. And I wanted to yell and explode and cry and uh, all kinds of things, like all of my memories, all the things around that phone, right? Uh-huh. And, and and then I found myself actually consoling my middle boy because he was there and he's like, oh no, mommy's phone, mommy's phone. And he he started to panic. So then I'm consoling him and I myself need to just like meltdown at some point, right? Of course. So I worked so hard, I mean incredibly hard, to regulate myself until their bedtime. I actually stepped away for a moment or two to have a good cry because I was just so overwhelmed by like everything that had happened. And then Mm -hmm. afterwards, I like cried and I was upset and I was angry at myself and I felt all of the feelings and they were so uncomfortable and then problem solved it through with my husband. And at the end of the day, this story is like, it's, it's a phone. It's it's not the end of the world, but like as a parent, I felt so many things that I had to do in that mini crisis of ours that we had. I had to console my child and stay calm for them. 
-hmm. I had to regulate myself, but also Mm -hmm. like a lot time for myself to feel and process it through and, and ride that whole thing out so that I didn't just like shut down internally. Mm -hmm. And so I think that if we can take that and apply it to this bigger picture, that is much more significant than a phone and, you know, Mm -hmm. the bill that that brought me and whatever, like, beyond that in this time we want our children to remember like how we are handling it and how they are feeling and how Mm -hmm. we can find meaning within our own family during this time right Mm -hmm. um at the end of the day i don't know i think about we had a blackout in toronto like five five probably ten years ago now i don't even know that's how quickly time is passing Um, And it was very stressful and everyone was out without electricity for three or four days and it was a whole ordeal in Toronto. Uh, All I can remember at the time as like a teenager or whatever is that we got to barbecue outside all the meat in our freezer because it was going to go bad because we had no electricity. So I actually remember Uh connection during that time when I think back Mm -hmm. on that, what was a crisis for the city at the time, right? Mm -hmm. So like I think about my time with such a good reframe, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think about when, when I'm five or 10 years out from this, which feels like so far away, given the state of what we're experiencing, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do I want to look back on and have experienced and remembered, right? Like how can I carve out this psychologically, emotionally protective bubble within my home Mm -hmm. that we can be here experiencing each other, right? And creating even happy and joyful moments. And here's back to this duality in our feelings, right? While all of this like heavy stuff is happening in the world, how do we lean into our joy within our family or make time for it if that's at all possible, right? Yeah. And it is possible. And I think that's what you and I are saying is it is possible to make time for for your joy. Um, It is possible to... Um, lean into what is uncomfortable right now and to not resist it. And it is possible to, for change. We have to change. We're being asked, we are, we're, we're being lit on fire, if you will, just to use the metaphor of your film. <laughs> we're being lit on fire. And when you're lit on fire, you don't just continue onward as if you're not on fire. Right. You put the fire out and you deal with the fire. And that's what's happening right now. Yeah. And this is, you know, just to bring it back full circle, we we started this conversation out with realistic expectations. I think that's a realistic expectation that things are not meant to be continuing onward like business as usual right, right. now. It's meant to be a time where we are coming together and supporting each other in different ways. We are connecting. Look at how we're connecting in different ways. Oh my goodness, the amount of FaceTiming that we're doing. I can't even believe that in one day I moved my entire in-person mommy and me class where I'm seeing, you know, we have 10 groups a week, 13 moms in each group. I moved the entire program online and we are having online mommy and me, virtual mommy and me. Mm -hmm. If you would have told me in January, hey, Brianna, I think you should consider virtual mommy and me. I'd be like, that would never work. And look at how in this situation, it works. Mm -hmm. These things, we can find ways um, to make these work. And I think pretending like we need to keep doing the same thing is what's really um, going to be taxing on us mm-hmm. um, emotionally and mentally. It's okay to do things 
differently right now. Yeah. Maybe we'll even take something really great, take something away from this experience. Like, hmm, I know that under really distressing times, I know how to survive. Right. I'm, I know how to survive through dis- through distressing times. And I love that your your story about as a child and the blackout and really seeing it as a period of connection. I know when I look at Mateo, he is overjoyed that he wakes up to mommy and daddy every day. Yeah. He's not used to that. My husband leaves at six o'clock in the morning. Mateo doesn't wake up until seven. And so, you know, he is used to only seeing my husband for, you know, two hours or so at nighttime and then on the weekends. And he's got to have so much wonderful quality time with him and more quality time with with mom as well, because I'm I'm more physically available than I was in the in than I than I usually am, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's there's there's something so so special about imagining how our child is seeing this. I, I don't think for a second my son is thinking that this is a really dangerous and scary time right. in history. I think he's thinking, wow, this is so much fun. I get to go on walks and <laughs> we're trying all these weird new foods because we're eating everything out of cans right now. <laughs> we get to try new things. And yeah. my mom lets me have cookies all the time. And <laughs> right. My mom let me pull off all the couch cushions. And I'm like right. jumping off of three steps onto the couch cushions and like mm-hmm. having a grand old time. And and oh, it's yeah. true. It, it's so it's true. true. Like uh, my mm-hmm. old oldest son who's about to be five knows that he's staying home from school. That's about all he knows. And Um, I guess he overheard um, on the news at daycare sometime last week that all Canadians have to be in their houses right now. And so he mm -hmm. knows all of Canada is at home in their house. And that was it. And he's quite content. And every night we do our prayers before bed and he's like his gratitude for the day, his, his thankful, his thing he's thankful for for the day is his family. And I mean, yeah. sometimes it's really funny, age-appropriate things like the skateboard he wants for his birthday coming up and things like that. Right, like there's right, definitely right, right. that, but it's always his family. And we are, we're leaning into that time. My husband is home. I am home. We're, thank goodness for technology. Everything has gone remote and we're trying to navigate our new normal. And just to, right. just to point out that finding moments of joy and leaning into the joy does not mean we are going to enjoy every moment. And I think that's something that needs to be said as well. These are crazy parenting times we're in, you know, like parenthood, like the hood is real right now. Like we are all trying to navigate what that (laughs) looks like, but that doesn't mean that we can't find those joyful, connected moments that shelter us and are our safety from all of yeah. the anxiety and all of the fear and things like yeah. that. So leaning into those and moments. and lean lean in and appreciate and hang on to those moments yeah. because those moments are they weigh more than than the than the heavy moments that yeah. that are also happening. Mm-hmm. They, they 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 can. They can take up more space in our um, mental stratosphere, if you will, um, than all of these heavy, um, more logistical things um, that we are also having to organize in our um, brainwave systems. You know, yeah. <clears throat> I'm thinking like the economics and things like that. Yeah. Um, another thing um, that I was just reminded of as you were speaking is that none of us are alone. Mm-hmm. None of us, none of us are going through this alone. And and I think 
to combat what I imagine could be a pretty significant um, wave of depression across vulnerable folks um, following what once things start to settle and we're over the COVID-19 crisis. Um, and, you know, the impact of isolation on depression is very, very real. Yeah. And I think b- reminding yourself every day and being grateful for the fact that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. We have families, we have our we have our children, we have each other to lean on. We have FaceTime and lots of uh, virtual support um, opportunities to stay engaged and connected during um, a time where um, it's it, it could actually be easy to disconnect and disengage. Mm-hmm. And I think with that mental reframe of I'm going to stay connected and engaged through all of this and with my people, I'm going to get through it. My I need my people to get through this. I am not expected to do this alone and I will not and I cannot do this alone. I think it's so protective of our mental health. And I also believe that a parent's mental health is a child's mental health. So if we are focusing on protecting our mental health, we will, by proxy, be protecting our children's mental health Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so significant and important for us to realize in in regulating and and taking care of our own anxieties and um, what we're exposed to right now as well. And seeing it as a priority, Erica. Yeah. This is the priority. Yeah. I'm sorry. None of the activities are priorities. Mm-hmm. They're wonderful. They're not a priority. This is an absolute priority. It is one of the most important things that you can do next to washing your hands and following the what the what the government is telling you to do. Mm-hmm. Protecting your mental health is really up there in terms of priority, in my humble opinion. I don't know. I, I assume that you agree with that. I do. I completely agree. And I think that right now, given um, the timeline that we're in, being in the first week of kind of school, being out still in that March break period, um, a lot of people I think are still under the assumption that we're going to go business as usual in the next week or two when I don't know that that's necessarily the case. So I have a lot of in-person clients who have said, oh, I'll hold Mm -hmm. off until we're back in person again. And Mm -hmm. teletherapy services and remote services may be the reality of mental health services for the next few weeks, if not a month or so or more. So if you are struggling, reach out to somebody via teletherapy um, because as also the systems start to get overloaded and emergency rooms and our safety protocols for people who are really <laughs> struggling with depression, um, all safety protocols start to get challenged and stressed and strained when the system is <laughs> overloaded. So um, take care of yourself. Find a therapist. Most therapists who saw people in person have gone remote to provide access to their clients still. Mm-hmm. So if you are struggling, don't, don't put it off or don't wait <laughs> it out because continuing through uh, your care or even starting up therapy for the first time right now could be a very Mm -hmm. smart and wise thing to do because we've got to take care of ourselves through this next, you know, little bit until we can, we can get back to the new normal and we don't even know what that will look like yet. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm available for anybody in California um, who is needing um, therapy, please uh, do not hesitate to reach out to me. There's so many different ways to reach out to me. Um, Instagram is probably the easiest. Um, so please don't hesitate. 
Um, I also have the virtual um, mother support groups that's right now is open to mothers um, in the South Bay of Los Angeles in California. Um, depending on enrollment, if we have open spots a couple days before um, the group is supposed to begin, I will open that across the country um, and encourage people to um, to join and to get support. I tried to schedule them so that it's around your child's nap time. Um, there are 50 minutes, so I'm not asking you to take a whole lot of time out of your work day. I know you guys got a lot going on, um, but really taking time to slow down and connect, I think, is really um extremely essential. And I know from the last week of doing this with moms, um, not only is it essential, but it's incredibly helpful Mm -hmm. as well to have um, some space and time carved out to hear from others that, you know, we're all going through the same thing. And we also have to keep being mothers. We also have to keep parenting. And like things around parenting are continuing to happen that have nothing to do with COVID-19. And so I'm aiming for my groups and my sessions to not just be about COVID-19 coping, but also just continuing onward with motherhood. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't stop just because things around us are stopping and we, we need support. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And I know that you're doing, uh, you also do telehealth and you made an announcement yesterday. So, um, we're doing, we're doing our best to make great offerings for the community. Yeah. And like your Instagram page, I find you offer such valuable content. So Brianna's at South Bay Mommy and me, and I'll put all of her connection stuff in the show notes. And Mm -hmm. for anyone in Ontario and other select provinces in Canada, I am doing remote teletherapy too. I know that there are lots of people who are. So do your research, find the supports that you need. And, you know, to leave you guys with a little bit more of a, of a lighthearted note, I've been trying to think about how I'm going to have some, some fun with the zoom calls and friends and things. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should invite some of my girlfriends and we should have like a themed Zoom party where we like all wear our wedding dresses and drink wine one evening for an hour. (laughs) Or maybe we should have like an 80s party where we just look ridiculous and make like whatever. Like we need to start getting creative and fun and, you know, trying to, to have memories to look back on that are you know, not to make light of the situation, but to help us cope and laugh through some of this, you know? And Laughter so, is the best medicine. Yeah. So whatever that looks like, I don't know for you and your friend group, but man, wouldn't I just love a reason to put my wedding dress on slash if it still fit me. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure my wedding dress no longer fits me, but you do you, girl. Exactly. You do you. Exactly. Well, whatever. <laughs> the, another benefit to being remote is no one will know if it's zipped up or not. So how about that? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, great. I mean, yeah. anything that gives anything that gives you hope. Yeah. I think that is that that can be a message yes. that we leave. Like what yeah. gives you hope? And maybe spend some time today reflecting on that. What gives me hope in a time that maybe feels hopeless or maybe feels too gloomy? What gives yeah. me hope? Because the reality is, is that we are going to get through this. This is not going to go on forever. This is temporary and we will heal collectively from this mess. So what gives me hope? That's what I'm going to be spending a lot of my energy on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Having that thing to look forward to, even if it seems mm-hmm. silly or trivial or ridiculous, you know, having that thing like, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Thank you so much, Vienna, for your time. Thank today. you. I appreciate you. Yeah. I appreciate the work that you're doing and the way you're supporting moms. And yeah, I just, I learned so much from you. I really value the work you're doing. So thanks for joining us and taking your, your time out of your busy schedule. Thanks, Erica. I can't even begin to tell you how happy and honored I am that you choose to spend your time here with me each week. If you're looking for the resources and things that were discussed in today's show, you can find them in the show notes, which is linked in the episode description, or you can head directly to happyasamother.co slash podcast and find all of the show notes there. If you're looking for support and connection with other moms, you can head over to facebook.com slash groups slash happy as a mother and join our Facebook community. This community is filled with women just like you and I who want to support and uplift one another through our postpartum journey. And until next episode, mama, I want you to know, keep showing up. You're doing a great job. Settling is not an option for me. Everything I desire is already mine. What if you can have it all? Because every day is for the girls. Hello, hello. Welcome to For the Girls podcast, hosted by Victoria Alario, For the Girls Who Want More. Listening to For the Girls will have you ready to raise the bar, stop settling for the bare minimum, and start believing you can have it all and step into the 2.0 version of you. You can catch a new episode of For the Girls every Monday across all podcast platforms. Until next time, girls.